Good morning, Memorial United Methodists. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the minister here. We're so grateful that you came to our combined service here in the FLC. Um, it's so much fun to have the church under one roof. And uh, I believe we got plenty of seating thanks to some boys. We rallied up and got them out of the social hall. Thank you for bringing your tailgate chairs. I'm not sure that's not going to be the deal going forward, period. Just, be, just bring your own tailgate chair to worship. That's, uh, it's comfy. You got a cup holder for your coffee. It's good stuff. Um, a number of announcements. Number one, church council is today. It's directly following the worship service. It won't be uh, terribly long. We have two major issues. We're talking about the structure of church council and how we can uh, make the best use of our time and our conversations. And we're approving a budget that's been given to us by finance. And so we'll go just after the service into the social hall and uh, make sure we get that. We had to cancel our concert. Uh, the, the praise band concert. I told y'all, you know, I said, I want y'all to come. And then it snowed and we didn't come. But that is going to be rescheduled. I believe it's going to be in March, but we're confirming with the band and, and the church and the community, everything. But I believe it will be in March. Our next one you see on the poster is February 21st. And that is the combined handbells of First Prez and Memorial. We've had a um, unique relationship all throughout basketball season with First Prez because they're totally redoing their church and everything they have is in their gym, so they can't do basketball. So we've already been partnering with them, and we're going to partner with them again on uh, handbells, and uh, Lauren will sing on the 21st. I'm going to call Daryl up uh, to talk about Redburn Mission, and while he comes, I'm going to tell you that confirmation starts next Sunday at 10 a.m. It's typically for sixth graders, but if you have a child, if you come to Memorial after the sixth grade or you miss the opportunity for one reason or another, you're welcome to participate. I've got to know, you've got to tell me now, um, so that I can uh, get you on the roster and make sure that we get you set for um, the, the uh, retreat, the um, confirmation retreat at Lake Genaleska. We want to make sure we're set on that with everybody's date, so make sure you let me know. Daryl Richborth. Good morning. This works better. I'm Daryl Rishforth. I don't know, has everybody heard of Redbird Mission? Um, was, church has been supporting this for several years now. Uh, we're planning another trip to Redbird up in Beverly, Kentucky. It'll be starting May 1st it's for one week. And there was uh, some dates announced in the newsletter that are incorrect due to the snow day and due to Super Bowl Sunday coming up. Um, Super Bowl Sunday would not be a good meeting date. We will be uh, collecting tools, office supplies, and money and prayers for our team. And we are looking for more uh, mission team members going to uh, Redbird. So if you'd like to uh, see me after the service, I'll be in the back with more information. Also, after the family night supper on Wednesday, I'll be there with information. But uh, basically, on 28th, February 28th, we'll be having a meeting to discuss uh, leadership roles and so on on our trip. And uh, part of the money is due then and so on, but I can give you more details later. Uh, again, uh, February the 3rd, after the church dinner, information, February 28th, money is due. We're collecting tools, collecting office supplies, uh, 
school supplies and so on for the mission. Thank you. I'm going to call Katie up to talk about Make a Swish, and while she's coming out, I'm going to tell you something crazy. We're doing another church directory. I just did a church directory at Buncombe Street, and we completed it, and I walked out the door and came to Memorial. I never saw the church directory at Buncombe Street. The, the, um, so we're going to be scheduling, let me tell you important things. You have to sign up, and there's a number of ways. You can sign up online, at home, anywhere you are. You can sign up on work online, but don't freak out about having to sign up online. You can do that here. There are people who are going to help you do that here uh, it, uh, during our Sunday school and in between worship services. Just look for posters. And the tremendous upside of this particular company is that they have an app that you can have the directory on your phone. I know the paper copy, that's a big deal. And you're going to get a paper copy, all of you. But I'm going to get an app on my phone, which is going to be amazing. I can pull it up if I'm at the hospital. Beth tells me that another one of you is in the hospital. I can look at it and go, oh, yep, I know them. Um, that's going to be a huge deal. So getting as many people as we can in the directory, uh, it's going to be a big deal to get that done. Good morning. I'm Katie Jeter, and I'm the Director of Children and Family Ministries here at Memorial. And I'm glad you're here for the Children's Sabbath. And I want to make you aware of our um, first Mission Kids project for this year. Maybe when you came in this morning, you got a pledge card or some were kind of scattered among the seats. If you didn't get one, we'll get you one. But next Sunday, February 7th, is our seventh annual Make-A-Swish fundraiser. So on Super Bowl Sunday, we get together and play basketball before kickoff. We will not have our regular Sunday night programs, just Make-A-Swish. This event goes very fast, so it will start at 5 here in the gym. And all the kids who come have a chance to shoot for one minute on a basketball goal appropriate to their age, age group. Um, and as many baskets as they make, that's what we record on their little scorecard. And then we match them with your pledges. You may specify a mission kid by just writing their name on your pledge card or we'll assign it randomly. And then you'll receive your pledge in the mail of who you're matched with and how much you owe to support this mission project. We choose different projects um, for Make-A-Swish, and this year we're giving our proceeds to STEP. I'm sure you've heard about that project. The kids have heard about it, and they're going to learn more about it from Don Lewis, who is visiting us tonight, to tell them a little bit more about it. So if you have any questions, let me know, but that's the, the short version of it. And please make sure you get a little tiny, it's a half a sheet, pledge card, and you may turn them in this week or next, and the pledge cards will again be here next week at both services. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Good news of the week is several things. Look here. There's number one. It's an amazing day. I'm grateful for y'all being here. Number two, as Kevin Duncan's last act as the chair of finance, he um, changed our building uh, payoff that we owe the loan to uh, Greer State and is saving us an, a great deal of interest and keeps us on our goal to pay off the loan much, much faster. And so um, it's, very, it's a number of financial things that I have no idea number of financial phrases, but the ultimate good news is the interest will be much lower and we will pay it off faster, uh, which is uh, going to be great. That has got to be enough for you to process, and I'm going to call the children up to begin our worship service.
say anything to us. Dear Lord, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for our church and our families and friends here. Thank you so much for letting us be here today safely. We know that all the gifts we have came from you and we are so grateful for them. Please help us be the people you want us to be. Help us be your servants and to live each day pleasing you. Help us spread your word without being intimidated by the world. Open our hearts and minds to your message. In your name we pray. Amen.
If you will turn and greet your neighbor, and the children are invited to come forward for our children's sermon. Before we begin the children's sermon, I had honestly had my mind on the number of announcements and I didn't give you the opportunity to give, share your prayer concerns. If you have prayer concerns today that you'd like to be shared in the service and prayed for at the Tuesday prayer group, if you'll raise your hand and we'll get you a card and then we'll share those cards with our uh, Tuesday morning prayer group. Good morning, kids. How are you guys? You guys are doing awesome up here. That's awesome. All right. Has any, have any of you ever made a promise? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's awesome. So when you get older, you're going to make a lot of promises. And uh, this is one of them. Have any of you seen like, a ring like this? Anybody? You know? Well, your parents probably wear these rings. They should. Um, now, this ring represents a promise between your mom and your dad to love each other, and eventually one day you'll make a promise like that. All right, this is a letter. Your parents have probably sent these. You see this thing up in the upper right corner? Yeah, that's a, that's a stamp. Yeah, these things are pretty old. Um, but what a stamp does is when you go to the mail, you go to the post office, you buy a stamp, and uh, you put it on your letter, and that's a promise that they'll, that the post office is going to send you, send your letter wherever you want it to go. Now, God makes promises too in the Bible, all over them. And, um, well, the biggest promise that God ever made was Jesus. Jesus came down, made a promise to save us, give us salvation. So yeah, 
So in our daily lives, we've got to remember to keep our promises like God keeps his promises. Is that good? Sweet. Let's pray. Okay, will you guys pray with me? Okay, repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for keeping your promises to us and help us to keep our promises to you. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, we want to pray for the Moore family and for Mike, who's been dealing with health issues, and I'm sure a number of other um, prayers that are unsaid, unwritten, um, but they're on our hearts and minds. Let's pray together today. Lord, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for the opportunity again to gather together. We thank you for this house in which we may worship we thank you for the spirit of this church and the willingness to go between the two services. We thank you for the children and youth and responsibility that you have given us in your presence, the amazing skills that you've given us. We thank you for being amongst us when we feel pain, when we feel regret, when we feel illness, or when those uh, loved ones around us do. And we lift up these names and names unsaid because we know that you are listening. We know that you are deeply concerned. And though in times that someone cannot get better physically, we know that you are present spiritually. We know you are present emotionally, relationally. And we appreciate your healing. Help us, Lord, to be the hands, the feet, the ears, the words of your healing to this community and to your children of youth as we have promised. Bless us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So I want to thank our children and youth for participating. It's so much fun to have you all sing and being uh, friendly over there. I know that we have a short fuse, short amount of time, that we're going to have well-behaved children and youth in the bleachers and parents in the stands, so we're going to move quickly. If you didn't feel greeted this morning when you came in the door by the youth, my goodness. I'm grateful for them being at the door and making sure everybody's welcome. Grateful for everyone who brought seats in. And we're going to sing our last hymn, Seated. I want you all to sing, but I want you to remain seated so that you can uh, see the children as they're singing. For those traditional folk that came over, it's a little different over here. I look a little different. We've got a screen, which is nice. We've got windows. You can see the trees, which is nice. 
There was one in Charleston that the uh, inlet, breach inlet, looked right at the beach. I thought, my goodness, I don't know if people are looking, paying attention to the sermon on that one. <laughs> We're going to look out and look at that beautiful coastline. So this whole month, we've talked about um, five different promises that we make. We missed the opportunity last week to talk about service, but there are five promises that United Methodists make at every baptism and at every uh, opportunity that we have to become a new member. We say that we're going to support the infant or we're going to support the child or we're going to support the adults that are coming in with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. So today's about witness. Um, And I thought, what better way to witness than to recap what we've said, what we've done this month. Um, Witness is simply, uh, you're aware of it, you notice it, and you're going to share it. And so um, I thought, let's go backwards the other way. And it's interesting how when you go backwards from through these words, how they build off one another. So let's look at witness first. I've got a text for each one. Luke 19. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up at him and said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Zacchaeus is a tax collector. He's in a tree because he's tiny. Nobody wants him to see because they don't like him. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Luke 19. So there are two types of witness. Especially in this story, there were the people that saw that Jesus invited that man and went to his house, and they thought, this guy? Really? You want to be associating, you want to say that you're the son of God and that you're the closest to God, but you want to associate with this man. That can't be right. Judgmental. And they want to put him in, they want to put Zacchaeus in a box to never come out again. And then there's the witness of Zacchaeus. What does he say? You have changed my life by being present with me and inviting me, and I'm excited to tell people about that. I'm going to change what I do based on that. And so if we create opportunities here at Memorial and all the things that we're doing to let people know that they matter in the name of Jesus Christ, to let people in the community know you matter, we're going to help you in the name of Jesus Christ because what he has done for us, that is witness. We're sharing. Well, there's only something to share if there's something that's been done. If there's something that you are actively doing and you want to share it. So let's look at service. Joshua 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now let's stop. Moses did a ton. He came in from the wilderness. He came right into the heart of Egypt. He stared down Pharaoh. He led his people out. He wandered through the desert. He took them right to the edge of the promised land on the mountain, looking over into him. He did everything. And now he has died. So we go, what are we going to do now? God says, don't worry about Joshua. You're going to pick it up. You're going to do it. Let's look at the next piece. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set foot 
as I promised Moses. So our praise here is serving like those that have served before us. See, you can walk into a bad situation that was terrible, it was hopeless, and you're the one bringing it back up. There's a certain stress in that. And then there's a certain level of stress if you're walking into a tremendous situation of which a great leader has done a number of great things, and now, my goodness, now you've got to do it. That can be equally stressful in an entirely different way. See, I'm not up for that. I can't do that. I don't have what it takes to serve. But what does God tell him? I was with him. Guess what? He didn't know what he was doing either. Okay? He didn't know what he was doing either out there. He didn't think he could serve either. He was way out on the edge, and I called him from out there. Then he came in from being out there, and he said, I don't know what to say, and I can't even say it. And God said, I'm going to be with you. So in this season that we've shifted over a number of our different leaders, in a season that we're going into where we're going to try to impact the community as best as possible, your number one thing is to think, why can I not do this? What is what skill set am I missing that will cause me to not be able to serve? Let that rush in. Let that fear come in, because I let it come in, honestly. But then I want it to be matched with the fact that God is present with you in the same way he was present with the person before. That's a big deal. So when we're in service, when we're given responsibility, all of a sudden it makes us, and it, and, it, and it truly impacts the way we are and what we do, it makes us want to tell people, it makes us want to witness. Well, if a church is doing it the right way, and we're working there, you have service based on your gifts. You put people in the right spot to do what they need to do. In the NBA, the guys that are as tall as me, they're further out. How tall are the guys that are in closer to the basket? Get a bit taller. Those guys in the Super Bowl, the biggest ones, what are they doing? They're blocking or chasing people who are blocking. What are the little guys doing? They're out on the edge, okay? Putting people in the right spot to do something according to their skill set is something that we're working on, and that is based on gifts. Gifts, Matthew 11. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk. Those who have leprosy have been cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. John the Baptist gave everything to set up Jesus for what he was going to do, and now Jesus was taking the reins as John the Baptist was imprisoned. Jesus is doing a little differently than John the Baptist ex expected, and he has his guys go talk to Jesus' guys and say, hey, is this the guy? Or are we supposed to be looking for somebody else? Jesus says, I want you to pay attention to what's happening. There's the literal vision, freedom, health, and life. People are literally receiving those things. But there's also the, uh, it's not metaphorical. What's the word, English majors? Sim something like symbolism. Sim uh, yeah. Let's see, can we call a friend? Who's a person? It's symbolic. All kinds of parables talk about, um, uh, uh, it's a double entendre. He says, the people who can see can't see what I'm talking about. 
And the people who can't see understand what I'm talking about. So there's the literal, the physical, I am granting you vision and health. But Jesus also did something drastically different. He gave them the ability to see the world the way that it should be seen. He gave the people the ability to live their life. Okay, so what are the things that we have been given? God-given talents that are wired inside of us. Those gifts that we have that help us do what? Be in service. And when we're in service and it's invigorating, not a drag, not, oh, we have to do this again. When it's invigorating, doing something that is your gift, you want to witness about it. Well, if we're determining our gifts, the only way to do it is to show up. The only way to do it is to be present. Let's look at Matthew 8, presence. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her, and she got up and began to wait on him. When, everything, when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him and drove out the spirits with a, word, with a word and healed all the sick. So our phrase with this one is patient, patient presence. Now I'll put a second one there because there's patience that you figure you have, and then there's patience that Jesus had. Okay, if you had a skill set that the entire planet was curious about or desperate for, you'd learn what patience was. And if you were really hoping that they were paying attention to what you were saying, but really all they wanted was a little bit more what? Food, health, inclusion. Can I sit beside you? Right? Can I sit like, like here at the table? And can I sit beside you when we go to heaven too? Jesus says, we're going to Jerusalem. It's going to be really hard. People are not going to like what I've said. We're going into the heart of it. They're going to um, bring me up on charges, and that can't be good. And in the midst of that, they say, mm -hmm. when all that's done, can I, can I sit beside you when we get to heaven? How much patience do you think that requires? How much patience do you think it requires for someone, if you can heal people, and people hear that you can heal people, and they're coming from all these cities, and he's healing them, how much patience do you think that requires? Patient. Patient presence. Even when he said, I've got to go away, he went up a mountain, he went over by the water, guess what the people did? They went to him. Okay? Showing up. There is no substitute for it. And I hope that I've shown you that I'm going to set the tone for showing up for you in all sorts of different things. And I need you all to show up as well. That, that means worship. That means programming. That means uh, uh, all kinds of the special events that we have, the administrative meetings that we have, practices that we have. Showing up matters. Because when we show up, when every time I've gone to visit someone in their home, I've learned a little bit more about them understand their gifts a little bit better. I'm able to use their gifts a little bit better and get them in the right position to succeed. Showing up matters. Then we talk about our gifts. We use our gifts in service. And when that works, we want to tell people about it. Let me tell you about the one, which is the last one, which should be the first one. And my goodness, I struggle with this one. Prayers. Okay, um... There's a book um, I've used before in premarital counseling called Love Languages. 
and I, uh, I, I can't recall all the phrases now, but every person has ways that they love their spouse and ways that they would like to be loved. And if you don't talk about your different love languages and you just say, I think she's kind of cute, let's get together. And you, fit, you expect the person to be a different way and they are not. And you, they expect you to be a different way and you're not. You're not in a position to succeed. Structure and order and color coding and notebooks are my love language. Okay? I want to get people in the right place. I want to get them doing the right thing. I want to look at it and I want to say, this is so organized. I'm, uh, I love it. And I want to set up structure for whomever. That's my love language. Prayer is not. Struggle with it. It should be the beginning. I had a great lay leader for the last four years at Buncombe Street who prayed and then prayed. And when we'd get together, I would say, well, here's what I think our meeting should be, and here's who I think the people should be, and here's what I think uh, um, the questions we should ask them to make sure that we understand where we're going. And she would say, how about we what? How about we pray about it? Dang. That's right. Let's pray about it. Let's look at the scripture. Verse 9. Uh, uh, Matthew 6, verse 9. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you just did that part, do you, do you realize what a big deal that is? Not... I'm going to do whatever it takes to get through life here so that I can get to heaven and then I'll be friendly. Okay? And then I'll think about you entirely. As soon as I get to heaven, if we can get me into heaven and then I can have a cool seat, as soon as I get in heaven and have a cool seat, I'll do anything for you. Anything. What does Scripture say? What you want. The kingdom of God right here in Greer. The things that your son championed May they exist here in our lives right now because of things that we've done. So if we pray, and if we show up, and if we understand our gifts, and if we use our gifts in service, and if we change people's lives both in this building and outside this building, we will be fulfilling the promises that we make to our children and our youth. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, sometimes a task seems too big, too complicated, outside of our skill set, and we're also tired. Help us, Lord, to understand that when we think those things, we figure that we are in it alone and that we have no help. Lord, help us to pray. Help me to pray. Help us to ponder all the ways in which we can share our gifts with this church and this community. Help us, Lord, to see a child, to see a youth in this church and to not figure they are the future somewhere down the road, but they are this very present, critically important thing in the life of the church right now. Help us, Lord, to make these promises in your name. Help us to fulfill them in your name, that your will may be done that your kingdom may, be, may come on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Stand with me and let's read our affirmation together.
We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope. In life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. If I could just say how amazing y'all's behavior was. If y'all can just tell the... That's to be commended. We're now going to take up our uh, tithes and other offerings. Our youth are going to come forward and usher for us.
Stacy, but um, please sing it for us.
Good job, kids. Let's give, let's give children and youth. Thank you, youth, so much for participating as well. Thank you all for bringing uh, chairs. So we've got um, an announcement to make, and we wondered whether we talked about which week it should be given, uh, given today, and I think um, today is both a great day to do it and a hard day to do it. And I'm going to call uh, Katie up. Katie is going to make a transition away from the position of the children's minister in our church and family ministries. She's, uh, uh, she loves to talk about it. No, she doesn't, she doesn't want to talk about it. She's very emotional because it's been so much of what she's done and so much of who she is at the church. Um, they've got a great, uh, Eric has a great new job. They've got a great situation. And in fact, uh, my wife Katie and I made the same decision uh, that Katie is making when we came here a decision to spend uh, more time at home, more time uh, on the weekends at home. This is a very demanding job uh, as a children's leader uh, here and family ministries here at Memorial. Um, so I can't, there's no way I can have the proper words for everything that you've poured into it. Um, we're going to take our time and celebrate you. Katie's going to stay with us uh, all the way through February, and we're going to celebrate her, and we're going to have a big celebration uh, lunch that we want you all to be there. But if you all can just express your gratitude for Katie everything that she's meant to us. <laughs> if y'all um, have a seat, I'll tell you a couple things. Uh, you know, I've been the one leaving a church. It's uh, very difficult to have a staff member leaving a church with me, especially uh, just in this short amount of time, what Katie has meant to me. It's way, been way beyond children and family. I've asked her, what on earth is this? And then she explains it, or I'll text her, who is this? And she tells me, I'll say, why is this? And she'll text me, and we'll talk about it. And then I'm just obsessive about events that are coming up. And um, she's been gracious to be a part of all those conversations, and um, I'll never forget it. We've, uh, I want to tell you what we're going to do. Um, we're going to have a five-member team be a part of a search committee for a new uh, children and family ministers directory. There's going to be um, two people from Staff Parish, um, the chair of the children's board, myself, and a parent. And we're going to take our time, and we're going to get it right. I think we've um, got a great situation here. Um, we've got a um, great salary for the position. We've got a great minister. I mean, who wouldn't want to work for the minister here at Memorial? It's tremendous. Um, but we're going to take our time uh, and, and get it right. And here's how we're going to take our time. And Leanna, if you'll come up. Leanna Morris, I don't know if y'all met Leanna. <laughs> My goodness. She's overcome uh, the example set by her parents of work ethic, participation. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she's, my goodness, has been in this program and has been really a protege of Katie's since the sixth grade. Um, Leanna has now at North Greenville, she's starting in North Greenville at January, and Leanna is going to help us um, in an interim position while we take our time to get the children's director. So if you all express your gratitude to Leanna. Everybody loves Miss Leanna. And uh, Leanna has a same, similar history. I can ask her, what in the world is this? And then she can tell me. Um, um, uh, we're going to, uh, obviously, her first job is education and academics, and so um, we're going to work on 
what parts of the job that she does that are the most critical. We believe the um, Sunday morning, obviously, and Sunday evening are a very big deal in children's ministries here, and that's going to be a lot of what she does. Um, frankly, parents, we're going to lean on you with some other stuff to, to help us with the structure to make sure that we get it right until we get the right person. Um, so um, deeply, deeply professionally sad um, for Katie, but deeply, deeply personally happy uh, for Katie and Eric. I'm grateful. I'm happy to have Leanna, and I'm grateful for the people that we have on the search committee. Um, if you have any questions, I don't, this probably can't be the um, place for it, but it's just too big. But if you have any questions, just make sure you call the church office. We'll talk to you about it. I think we've got a good plan. I think we've got good people, and uh, we'll keep you updated as we go forward. So, love you. Go in peace. To, um, admin council directly following worship in the social hall. <laughs>